Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, wonderful, hardworking, intelligent, <laughs> Disney transportation-loving wife and co-host, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. Is that right? I don't know, but that it's, works, I guess. It's a portion of it. Okay. Well, I can't <laughs> wait to hear more. This is going to be a fun episode today, which we are recording actually on Saturday, December 4th, 2021. Even though this episode is releasing on December 5th, 2021, why are we recording on December 4th on the Saturday, Michelle? Well, because we're very fortunate to be able to have the opportunity tomorrow on Sunday to Go see Hamilton live performance. Yes. So as this episode is being released on the Sunday, the 5th, we will be up in Hollywood going to the Pantages Theater to see Hamilton yeah. live on stage once again. It's uh, our first show of anything outside of, you know, like Disney stuff yeah. that we've been to right. since the pandemic began. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting the whole idea of it but yeah looking forward to it we're going to be with family and it's going to be amazing yeah and this is something we've been trying to schedule for since the pandemic right. began we've had like <laughs> four or five different dates where we've had tickets to hamilton right. up in la and they've been canceled and pushed and whatever right. and finally uh this one appears like it's going to work out knock Yay. on wood today since it hasn't <laughs> happened yet but um, so far, so good. So really, really excited about that. Yeah, it's good. it's really fun. Yeah, uh, very, very excited. So thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, we want to invite you to join the newsletter if you haven't already. Yes. And there's going to be something mentioned in today's episode that will be for the newsletter recipients. Ooh, just for the newsletter recipients? Just for the newsletter wow. recipients. Wow. So you're going to get another little Michelle tidbit. <laughs> That you only get if you are a newsletter recipient. So again, it's just another way to be a part of the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. We often give you a little extra when yeah. Michelle comes up with something or we release news to you first for being on the newsletter. But uh, we appreciate all of you who have already signed up for it. That's right. And you don't have to worry. We don't share that email address with anyone. Nope. Just for us to send the email, the uh, newsletter out to you right. about once a week. We have a period coming up here where I think we're going to skip a couple weeks because we're going to be traveling. I think we're going to be traveling. <laughs> um, but for right now, we're it's once a week, usually on Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday, but usually on Tuesday afternoon, early evening, you receive that newsletter. Right. So another way to be greatly involved with us is uh, through social media. Uh, please follow us on Twitter. We're at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us in our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group where we're just having good, positive Disney energy fun. Yeah. Uh, we love just interacting with people. Mm -hmm. People are great. People are great. Uh, all you are great. Um, we especially love those who are interacting with us on the Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group or anywhere on social media. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Uh, you can just find us there by doing a quick search for Hyperion Adventures podcast. Hit subscribe. And you know, whenever we post anything there. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures podcast at gmail.com. 
That's right. We love, as we mentioned every week, we really love hearing from, from you. Some of you are, are more routine uh, connectors through Gmail, but we want to invite all of you. If you have any questions or if there's something you want us to do a deep dive in, let us know. Yeah. Or if you just want to say hi, right? we, we appreciate that. Uh, send us a picture of what you're doing. If you have a Disney adventure you're doing or whatever, uh, you can do it through social media or you can do it just by hitting us up on the right. Gmail account. We'd appreciate that very much. Also, if you want to support our show, there's a couple ways you can do that. Firstly, you can go to our spread shirt shop at the Hyperion Adventures podcast spread shirt shop, uh, where where we have all sorts of different items, all sorts of different, yes, t-shirts, but also things like coffee mugs, water bottles, etc. with our various different logos from our standard traditional Hyperion Adventures podcast logo. Our holiday mm-hmm. logo right. is out there right now. Our real men, hashtag real men love frozen <laughs> logo. Our I'm heading to Hyperion Adventure land, right. all sorts of stuff there. You can pick and choose whatever you want. And uh, that's a great way if you just want to uh, pick up some great merchandise and we get a portion of that. That, uh, sent back to our show as right, well. Right. And you can also be a member of our Patreon group. And I mentioned it last week. We just received them in the mail this week. So they're going to be going out soon to you. Those of you who are part of our Patreon members, you're going to get a little something holiday gifty coming in your mail. So keep an eye on your mailbox over the next few weeks. If you want to join us there, just go to patreon.com slash Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Sign up. We have tiers as low as $2 per month. And we appreciate everybody who's signed up already and anybody who's thinking about signing up in the future. That's right. As you mentioned, honey. We do appreciate those of you who have already signed up. Um, it's really helps cover the costs of running a podcast. Yes. Uh, we have a significant amount of costs, more than you think. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, we don't charge for this, but we do have to, you know, maintain equipment, put it up on a server, all this stuff does add up eventually. Right. And we appreciate anybody who's helped us out through this. But uh, let's move on to what we have going on today. But first, I need to mention Yes, we have the Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Fame category closing off this week. Uh, but because I put the the date until midnight tonight when you could put in your nominations, we have it completely closed. Mm. Well, midnight tonight when we were recording this. Right. When you hear this, it'll be passed. But because of that, we don't have we could still receive some more nominations. So we don't have the final ballot for you this week. However, we will have it for you next week. That is for best live action film so anything under the disney umbrella counts for that and we will give you our lists and the Mm -hmm. final ballot nominees next week now there will be when you hear this a new category open and this will be the final category for this year it is the best live action character so anybody under the disney umbrella again star wars marvel indiana jones the muppets Pick and choose whatever you want. If it's under the Disney right. umbrella, if it's a Disney IP, it is available, except for these who have already been voted into our Hyperion Adventures Disney Hall of Fame. They are Indiana Jones, Mary Poppins, Captain Jack Sparrow, <laughs> and Han Solo. Those are already in, so you don't need to worry about them. But if you send us our lists, uh, your list of your five ish uh, favorite. <laughs> Uh, live action characters. We'll add those and, and those who receive enough votes will be on our final ballot coming up very, yes, very soon now. Very exciting. Yes. And then near the beginning of the year, we will actually have our ceremony where we will induct hopefully a few more new members to right. our Hyperion Adventures yes. Disney Hall of Fame. That'll be great. That'll be great. It's, that, always, it's fun. It's a fun little thing. I, I yeah. shouldn't say little thing. It's a fun activity. And we really appreciate a, those of you who have been participating. Right. It's a fun thing that we like to get you involved with because 
it's always a good time. And I know it's kind of silly. I mean, yes, it's our own little Hall of Fame, whatever, you know, but it's just a lot what? of fun. And, and we like that you take part in it. And uh, yeah, for that final ballot, uh, we will have some sort of giveaway that goes along with it for one of you who takes part in that. And we will let you know uh, when that comes out, mm-hmm. what will be included in that as well. Now, let's get to one of our favorite topics of the week, and that is my favorite thing from this <laughs> week. Uh, every week, we try and give you something near the beginning of the show that is something that's happened during the week that is kind of our favorite thing. It could be something Disney-related. It could be something personal, but we like to share something with you. And if you ever want to share yours with us, uh, we would be happy to put them out there on the show as well. But we always start with Michelle when we do these things because <laughs> we know she does the best research. <laughs> she has the best list. She yeah. definitely has the best tips, but she usually has the best favorite thing from this week. So Michelle, what is your favorite thing from this week? Um, I actually, I, I'm kind of putting two out there because I had something originally um, planned to discuss and that was, you know, um, that you and Scott both got your boosters this week. And I was yeah. really, that was really um made me happy to know that we have that other level of protection now for all of us. Um, But I guess, you know, another thing that has happened subsequent to that was unfortunately uh, at work, I was exposed to somebody (laughs) who I know who um, was COVID positive and I thought I was starting to potentially see some symptoms at around the time that one would expect to. So I had to be tested first time ever first COVID test ever for me and but fortunately the results came today and it's negative yeah I I had a feeling that was what it was going to be we've had some issues with not getting enough sleep uh, over the last week or so for various reasons and uh, so you're you were fatigued a bit and I said you know that could be because of this but let's be safe especially since we're planning on going to Hamilton we want (laughs) to one you know keep ourselves safe but keep our travel mates safe keep everybody safe we you know if you have symptoms and definitely if you test positive you shouldn't be out you know where it could be right. spreadable whether you feel symptoms or not yeah so, exactly um it, you know it's better to be safe so michelle went out for the test yeah it's funny that we this was the first test in our family um you know so many people have been tested numerous times we just for whatever reason have never had the occasion to do it so uh, michelle's first test came back negative and we're all set to go up to hollywood to go check out hamilton yeah, tomorrow yeah oh, so, so that was a relief what about stuff. for you well my favorite thing from this week i can't talk about yet i can't wait till i get to talk <laughs> about it but i can't talk about it yet so i'm going to go to another favorite thing from this week and that is the series on disney plus Hawkeye, which is phenomenal so far. Three episodes in. I know it's only been two weeks, but we hit the first two episodes on week one, uh, right before Thanksgiving, those dropped. And then the third episode this week, it's so good so far. I'm totally wrapped into it. It's, you know, seeing uh, Jeremy Renner playing mm-hmm. Hawkeye again. He's so great in that role. And Haley Steinfeld playing Kate Bishop, right. who is really entertaining so far in this show. But, uh, you know, the story is intriguing. I like that there's that holiday Christmas feel to it where, you know, is he going to come home for Christmas? I know. You know? Ooh, so, the drama. No spoilers here if you haven't seen the episodes yet. But I'm just really, really enjoying this show so far yeah I, I agree and it's funny because um when we were first looking at some of the previews of it I'm like I don't know if this is gonna hit with me not that I would hate it but I didn't know that I would really like it 
Yeah. And it's been, it's turned out to be wonderful. Yeah. So far, so good. Can't wait to see episode four and the rest of them as we lead up through the holiday season. Just really enjoyable. So um, also there's a news article that could be my favorite thing from this week as well, but I want to save that until I get to that news story mm. coming up later. So cool. as for today's show, speaking of those stories, we have lots of stuff for you this week, including the Walt Disney Company has some new leadership near the top. We'll let mm. you know what's going on there. Uh, a couple of guest favorite festivals are returning to the Disneyland Resort. We'll tell you which ones and Yay. when you can uh, go attend those. Uh, speaking of a guest favorite returning to the happiest place on earth, we received some potentially great news about a classic attraction yeah. this week. That yeah. may or may not be my other favorite thing from this week. <laughs> I, I think will let I know you what know that later is. On. Yes. <laughs> And you can stop the outcry at Walt Disney World. We'll tell you what that's all about. <laughs> Enough about that, though. Let's get to our main topic of the week. Yes, our main topic this week, as we mentioned, uh, you know, as we were wrapping up last time, you know, there's something that Disney does that is, you know, it happens all the time when you go to the parks and it's kind of underrated. It kind of can go under the radar if you're if you're not really paying attention. Mm -hmm. And that is their ability to move people throughout the resorts, throughout the parks in all sorts of different ways. And Michelle's been right. excited to do this topic for a while. She's been looking at right. it because she found some interesting things on there. And I can't wait to hear it because we know <laughs> Michelle does the best research. So Michelle's going to tell us all about the ways that Disney moves people. Well, thank you for the buildup, honey. Um, you, you're absolutely right. The topic has intrigued me for a while now. Uh, you know, it, it stemmed from a tour that we had gone on and to hear some of the examples of how Disney moves people that I thought, wow, they, you know, there's a real science to this. And like you said, there's some things that are pretty obscure to us um, that we don't take notice about that really play a role in how we experience Disney. So it, it was a topic that I was anxious to, you know, finally delve into. And as with all of my research, I start going down one path and shoo. <laughs> What? <laughs> I know. I'm taking down to another path. That yes. never happens for you. So there, there might be some, some changes. And it, it also kind of maybe made me think of some future topics oh, that well, I could delve good. into. Always yeah. like more topics for sure. Right, right. So, but okay, so let's get into it. The concept of moving people um, was not just a natural necessity for Walt, like when he was developing Disneyland. He really did embrace it. He, gr he placed great importance on it. Um, he wanted to ensure that the method of transportations were part of the magic. So they needed to be unique and special you know, for the experience that the people would have when they're visiting Disneyland. So that foundation still continues today with the parks and with the cruise line. Mm. So, all right. Now you mentioned that some of the things are obscure that we don't notice it. And, and there's a lot of reason Disney moves people. Uh, and, and sometimes that subtleness is necessary. So obviously uh, sometimes it's to get people from one place to another or from uh, within an attraction. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's crowd management. Mm -hmm. It's often crowd management. Yeah. And that could be maybe to attract people or detract 
deter people. Right. Um, sometimes it's, you know, to help prepare you to know what's ahead. And sometimes it's just to celebrate like, mm-hmm. hey, a bride to be being brought to her wedding venue on in Cinderella's carriage. Mm-hmm. It's a form of transportation. It has a point. very special purpose. There. Very special purpose and a very special price tag. That's true. <laughs> so, you know, there are a lot of reasons. And, and so we're going to touch on some of these and, and how they do this. But um, cutting edge, unique and magical, um, as I mentioned, were important elements and they have recently in recent years I should say have added sustainability as one of those qualities in moving people that they the company is embracing and I think that's really pretty important yeah definitely definitely especially even how many people they work and how much uh, how much energy they use up on a daily basis especially at the Walt Disney World Resort right Um, it's important to keep you know, your eye on the environment as right. much as possible and make things clean as you can and right. not just wasteful. It's, right. Yeah. And I make it sound like it's recent years. I, you know, it, it has been in place, you know, uh, for quite a while, but I think more recent years, it's been more planned out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, their, their whole green efforts for everything, not just transportation or moving people. Oh, and there's, you know, more technology has come along to uh, allow them to do more things right. more easily and get things accomplished at a, a at a better uh, price point as True. well. True. Um, so yeah, they've, they've done numerous things over the last several years to make it their right. footprint even less on the environment. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. So, you know, kind of going back to this foundation of transportation, you know, we talked about with Disneyland and Walt, as he was planning the Florida project, and obviously Roy took over for that, but, you know, kind of what Walt was seeing in face with, he had all this land, right? Like it was twice the size of Manhattan, very uh, comparable to um, San Francisco. I mean, these are big major cities where transportation is a a key element of the life there. And so he kind of knew this going into the Florida project that transportation was going to be a real main element. And, you know, and, and we've heard with some of the recordings of Walt that he actually really wanted to be kind of the founder of some new and innovative ways of moving people. And, you know, I think if people want to listen back at some, one of our countdown series, we kind of played some of that, but, you know, he really was trying to be cutting edge um, and looking at things to transport people differently. And so, you know, we see that with a lot of things, but let's start with something that had actually started at, at um, Disneyland, and that was the monorail, right? That right? I think people think of moving lots of people, the monorail comes to mind. And, you know, what Walt actually saw in Germany of a monorail system is not really like what turned out. Um, it's funny because reading some of the things like the Imagineers were, were comparing it to, they said it, it kind of looked like a loaf of bread (laughs) you know it was just very boxy looking you know so it really was you know the genius of the imagineers to make it look much more futuristic much sleeker you know more attractive as a means of moving people and we've probably only been on those monorails that are not quite as sleek and good looking as the disney monorails in various cities and countries around the world the disney isn't 
you know, the exclusive owner of monorails by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. But there's just something sleek about that right. Disney monorail, exactly. for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, and another similar style, much more contemporary now that we see is with the Skyliner, you know, and when the company built the Riviera, they realized they somehow, when they were planning that, knew they needed a, a transportation process to get people like over to Epcot or whatever. And, you know, there were issues related to going from point A to B on, you know, obviously you can do it by bus, but they thought, what else can we do? And, you know, moving it above ground and doing that, which again, you go back to Walt and having the, those, what are the sky cab things or what skyway I, skyway right yeah. at disneyland you know and he was really envisioning that more and more for uh epcot what his vision of epcot was so it's it's just again taking a look at transportation in a different way yeah it's just it's one of my favorite forms of transportation at the parks i, I hope they eventually extend it uh to some of the other right. locations uh throughout walt disney world because i love the skyliner i think it's it's a blast you get some great yes. views it's just it's it's a good time and it's always exciting to get on board and maybe it's you know i mean of course the monorail is awesome everybody mm -hmm. loves the monorail i love the boats i know some people don't aren't big fans of the right. boats i love the boats as well mm -hmm. because i like being on the water but there's something exciting about being on the skyliner so it's kind of the you know the 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 new baby of the family that everybody's like oh isn't it so cute i can't wait it's, you know, and so it's kind That's of got true. that it hasn't lost its luster yet it's exciting to get on every time for right me. right you know, and you bring up a really good point about the boats, um, especially if you're taking, you know, like from Ticket Transportation, the the ferry that takes you over to Magic Kingdom. You know, it, it you feel like you're going so much slower than what the monorail process is, but it's really not as significant as you would think. And but it's building, right? Building that anticipation that you are are in route to something very magical. And it's like, you can't wait for that boat to get to the other side, to get to the dock so you can, you know, get off and start your, your day at the Magic Kingdom. Right. I find it, you know, I, I, maybe it's just me and we tend to go to Magic Kingdom and kind of take it. We're not there usually to go, we need to go attraction, attraction, right. attraction, attraction. We got to be there for this. We got to be there for that. We got to be there for the other thing. We kind of go and we're like, eh, you know, we'll go hit that one. We'll go, we have a dining reservation right. later. We'll go hit this thing. We kind of do it at our own flow. And maybe the that's the reason why we like, you know, we don't mind taking the ferry and some people feel like it's slow. But we don't mind it because maybe we're just taking it at our own little, you know, leisurely pace. It to get could there. be. <laughs> yeah. But I have to say, every time I'm on that boat, I'm like, oh, when is it going to get to the dock? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not in a, a rush pace that I would think, but I'm just excited yeah. every single time it, it's a different because we don't do that methodology of getting into the park as often i think it just makes it that much more exciting yeah it's not my i mean the, to be honest with you of the boats the ferry uh from the ticket and transportation to magic kingdom and, and back mm -hmm. is not my favorite Ooh. of them it's fine i like the littler boats the ones that go from the resorts that are sure. nearby you know the ones that that come from the wilderness right. lodge or fort wilderness or the polynesian or the grand floridian True. those little 
cooler boats um, really are enjoyable ride. I think it's more, a little bit more of an intimate experience. Right, definitely. And, um, you're a little closer to the water and you can just kind of really enjoy taking the sights around right. uh, uh, Seven Seas Lagoon and Bay Lake and, and really enjoy the whole the whole time getting to and from the park. That's true. And it, and again, it, it's, it's also helping you you know, kind of take a pause and like you said, be able to appreciate and look at the things around mm-hmm. you. Yes, so. for sure. All right. Um, you know, and one of the things that is also, you know, kind of cute and unique and, you know, Walt initiated was the, you know, the, the different street carriages down Main Street, USA, mm-hmm. you know, so I mean, it does serve a purpose. It, it is part of the crowd management, trying to pull people more and more from that entrance so it doesn't get bottlenecked there. But it, it's actually part of the entertainment, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it pulls in that small town USA vibe, which is what he wanted on Main Street, you know? He's, you'll have on that, you know, the, 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 the bus, the classic carriage right. going down, the little motor car where you can ride in the back or whatever, and all those are there right. on Main Street USA. I mean, sometimes, more often at Disneyland, you'll right. see them, and then at Walt Disney World, at Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom, they are sometimes there, but they tend to, you know, it gets crowded enough that they tend to close them down pretty early. early. But mm-hmm. when they're there, uh, it's pretty special and highly encourage. It's something yeah. that you don't get the chance to do very often. Highly encourage you take advantage yeah. of it when you get the chance to do it. Right, you know, and if you, you know, really pay attention to it, it's part of the immersive experience, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, of, of that, that of that, what you're around with Main Street USA. Agreed. You can walk up and down Main Street USA anytime you want. It's great. Love Main Street right. USA. But it's that, rare, especially at Magic Kingdom, it's that rare occasion where you can take it in a different way um, that maybe you've never done before. Right. You could have gone many, many times. And because it's not available all the time, you may have never had that opportunity. Take advantage of that opportunity if it comes to you. Right. I mean, and if you think about it, you're kind of like the VIP, right? You, yeah. you, one, you're being driven. Um, but the other thing, too, is that you know, they have the, the horns of the bells to get the people out of your way so you can make it down to Main Street. So it's pretty cool in that regard, you yeah. know. And, and and the fact that they're even, you know, in, have the, the low tech of even horse-drawn carriages. So pretty yeah. cool. And you'll learn, like, about the horse, you know. They'll tell you right. the name of the horse and everything about him. Whoever is the, uh, the cast member that is... You know, either with the driver or usually sometimes there's an assistant with them as well. Um, they will, you know, give you some information. Right. And they're usually, they're they're fairly open about talking about what the transportation is like, where right. the cars come from, you know, the animal's uh, name and how long they've been with Disney and everything else. Yeah, it's, it, it is, that's you, true. You get some good information right. as well on that uh, little trip up and down Main Street USA. That's so true. Very good point. Hadn't even thought of that. Mm-hmm. So Excellent. You know, and another um, big form of transportation that Disney uh, introduced a couple decades ago, I guess, was the Disney Cruise Line. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's a a new form of travel, um, but that it's also contained and provides entertainment and food and everything else like that. So... All right. One of our favorite. One of our favorite forms things. Of Disney yes. transportation. <laughs> just a few weeks away now. Three weeks, right? Three weeks from today yeah. as this episode yeah, is dropping. I think so, yeah. Yes. So, um, obviously, attractions, right? That's a fun way of moving people. It's with it's contained, I guess you'd say, for the most part. Although there's some attractions that have um, taken people from one location to another, and that's just how it is. Um, but... I want to see, honey, and test your knowledge of some of the technology and fun facts related to 
some of the attractions. Okay, Tess, this is probably I not going to go well know. for me, but okay, I I'm know. in. Let's do I don't it. No, I think I think this first one um, you probably get. All right. So, what was the first roller coaster in the world to employ a tubular steel track and an electronic dispatch system, which enabled uh, the more than one car to be used on the track at a time. Well, this I do know, and that yeah. is the Matterhorn bobsleds. Right. The original Disney Mountain, and yes, all those things also are attributed to the Matterhorn bobsleds at Disneyland. Exactly. Yes. So see, see, good one for one there, honey. Hey, You're doing well. Can we stop now? <laughs> and I hope the, those of you listening are playing along, too. Yeah. All right, so... Let's get your geek on here. No Talking boy. about technology. I'm always getting my geek on. <laughs> I know. Okay. This one, I think you're going to get partial credit. Okay. <laughs> but I'll you might it. surprise me and get I'll full credit, credit. So we'll because, see. Uh, usually I get no credit. Because I would, I, I'll be honest, without my research, I would only have gotten partial credit on this one. <laughs> okay. All right. So there are two very popular attractions one at walt disney world one at disney california adventure park that uses a linear induction motor hmm. so what are they linear induction motor mm -hmm. so that would be one of them is one of your favorites <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I actually don't know. So All right, I'll give you a hint. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Before I do get a hint, what, where are they again? They're at Disney California Adventure Park and what part Magic of Walt Kingdom. Disney World? And Magic Kingdom. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You want a hint? Okay. Okay, wait, one word hint. Magnets. <laughs> and fail. <laughs> I think as soon as I say it, you'll like, oh, for sure. People mover. Oh. TTA people mover. Oh, see, I was fooled because, oh, wait, wait, what is, okay, it's the people mover at Magic Kingdom. What it is at Disney California Adventure Park? Right? It's the Incredicoaster. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. You yeah, so there. the launch sequence. Okay, okay. That All right. Sense. So uh, the way it works is that there's an electrical current that is applied. A uh, moving magnetic field then gets generated, and that induces secondary magnet fields attached to the vehicles to make it move along. Mm. So um, for the Incredicoaster, the, electro the electricity fed to the, their motors is controlled from a 100-yard-long room that is beneath the ride. Mm. Pretty cool, right? Pretty cool, yeah. Another little fun fact about the People Mover is that was a name that Walt pegged while they were in development, um, but it just seemed to stick. So it wasn't really the plan to name that as People Mover, but it, it worked. Wasn't so. it originally the Wedway or something like that? Yeah, and, yeah, and the Wedway People just, Mover. It, yeah, the People Mover just mostly stuck. I mean, they, the TTA and everything. Right. It, but most people just know about the People Mover. Right. So another fun fact, and let's see if you know about this one. It's the, you know, not that I don't have faith in you, but I think it's a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> I have no faith in me either, so that's just okay, fine. Okay, um, this is like a trivia question. So um, do you know where outside of a Disney park you can find this type of Wedway Enterprise technology? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't make it easy <laughs> on you. I don't. No. So at 
George Bush International in Houston, Texas. In 1981, Disney's wet transportation systems were brought in to build that system. So if you're at that airport taking the subway, you're actually writing a piece of Disney history. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever been to that airport. I've never had to connect to a flight there. Yeah, I, I don't think I have either. So, I mean, they do have another system as well that is, again, above you know, overhead more above ground. Um, but that subway system is still there. And, and, and that's with, you know, comes from Disney. Um, but if you think about it again, it was part of Walt's dream, right? He wanted to be on the cutting edge of how, you know, uh, businesses, companies, cities would apply his ideas of transportation. And there it happened. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. Great use of it. Yeah. Sure. All right. Last one. Oh boy. <laughs> I should have stopped at the first one. I really should have. <laughs> nah, nah. Um, I think you might get this one. Which ride features a first of its kind design to allow each car to swing independently from side to side as they move along the track? That's Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Ta-da! Hey, Very hey. good. Yes. 50%. That's a solid F. <laughs> no, that's a C. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I've gotten 50% on tests. There was no C in red, in red ink on that. It was a giant F. Right on a curve. That's I think that was kind of, those F. were kind yeah. of tough ones. Those, if, if we were playing Trivial Pursuit, those would be tough. So when People who are listening to my answer said, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that you got a lot of giant Fs on your page. <laughs> no, not at, not at all. You're pretty smart. So, um, you know, we could obviously spend this whole rest of this episode talking about unique elements of attraction vehicles and how they work. But really that wasn't the focus today. And so again, this is like I said, when I was kind of going down this path thinking, okay, at some point that might be also a a potential topic for us. There we go. More topics. Always good. Right. So let's look at some, processes and strategies that Disney uses for, you know, let's say steering people. (laughs) Uh, So one of the ways that they they use this, and it's like a no-tech way, all right, is the use of styling, like whether it's colors of surroundings or pathways. It's, it's how do they entice or deter people? And we see this really most evident in attractions, let's say that are focused for really little kids. Mm. So if you think about um, Toontown, mm-hmm. everything there looks very, you know, billowy and cartoony, you know, that it, it's something that kids can feel comfortable approaching. And, you know, so it's a way to kind of help guide families with little kids to kind of know this is, this is a good, good area good, for safe there. place and good play to, place to play. Right, you know. right. So I don't know if you have other examples that kind of pop out to mind for you? Well, I mean, the biggest one is the castles themselves right. at the end of Main Street USA. That That is that big landmark at the end of the, you know, that draws everybody down there and then you spread off through the hub right. to the various different locations. That's what Walt wanted was that uh, thing at the end to draw people in. And then usually you go into these lands and there will be something that will draw your eye immediately right. to that area and kind of draw you through those lands exactly. as best as possible. And we're going to talk a little bit about those Okay, too. good. Yeah, yeah. Good example though. Um, Equally effective if you're talking about that same uh, population of the little ones is scenery, pathways, and even sounds Mm. that might deter Mm. kids to going 
wanting to go towards something that the company knows might actually be a little too much for them. You know, so if you think of like the Tower of Terror or Expedition Everest, you know, how they look kind of massive, but even that you can hear the screams, <laughs> you know, and so it, it is kind of a way to help, you know, where you're, where the, the actual um, elements of the ride in it, its appearance can help prevent people from who may not enjoy it from trying to get onto it. Yeah, we learned a little bit of that. Actually, the Disney Cruise Line does that as well. I don't know. Do you have a line I on that? I do have okay. a little I thing will, about that. I will that. save it. I will save that for you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to talk about that in a second. But still kind of going on with this other element of, you know, the thing that deters maybe kids from wanting to, you know, say, you know, mommy or daddy, I want to go on that. Um, those are kind of the elements that draw adults, especially adults who are, you know, um, thrill seekers mm -hmm. to know, hey, this is where I want to go, mm -hmm. you know? So again, it's it's just visual and uh, other sensual cues that can help guide people to what they want to do. Completely makes sense, yeah. Right. So, um, you know, kind of going back to with uh, what we were saying in terms of visual cues that Walt used, and you just said a little bit about it a second ago of, you know, kind of pulling people into different lands. And um, the company used a term for a long time. Uh, it's not embraced by the company anymore. It's called weenies. Yes. <laughs> heard that term. Yes. Um, used by Disney. I've heard it in other forms too, but right. yes, yes. Used by Disney. You know, but the concept is there, right? The concept of how do you draw people away from being in a bottleneck area? So like when you're thinking of, um, you know, Disneyland or the Magic Kingdom, you know, the fact that it's designed like spokes to a wheel and you have things, whether it's the castle that is that we need to draw you or even just the entrances or within the lands, something visual you'll see from the outside that will uh, catch your attention and, and draw you towards those things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so, you know, one of the things you might want to think about the so next time you go to a park is, is try to look to see what is steering you towards a particular area. Look for the weenies. Look for the weenies. No. Yes. I, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Getting back to what you were talking about, Disney Cruise and Away Life. from the weenies. Yes. And away from the weenies. Sorry. I'm, I'm like five. No, that's all right. And I feel, <laughs> you know, I feel like this is kind of bouncing around. It's like, I had two cups of tea today, <laughs> but anyway, oh boy. I know. Um, but as you alluded to earlier, Disney Cruise Line really helps direct people also with these visual cues. And they also kind of help um, prepare you for what's ahead. So like if you're looking, if you're going in the stairwells or the staircases, um, let's say you're going to the staircases that will ultimately lead you to the pool. What they use to prepare you for that and kind of reinforce you're in the right place, but you don't even notice it or maybe, you know, your brain notices it, but you don't think about it is they'll have artwork, you know, related to like sp uh, water sports or sports activities, you know, and so it, it just, you don't even realize it, but you're, you know, you're going in the right place to what you're trying to get to. So, um, you know, I think that's really cool how they do that. Mm -hmm. They, they also have a way of, um, you know, just the design of areas that attract or deter people. And, you know, we, we talked about it before, I think in another episode, but like for the adult areas, you know, to try to really 
deter kids or teens even from, you know, wandering into those, you know, adult uh, only areas is how they have the design set up that it's just not attractive to them. It just doesn't show anything of interest that would make a teen or a kid feel like, yeah, I, I want to go that way. So they tend to then move away from that and go towards other areas that are set up to attract them that are more appealing for kids and teens, etc. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that they use on Disney Cruise Line for helping move crowds, I guess if you want to say that and, and to know you're going the direction you want to go is just in the carpeting on in the hallways. So if you're, you know, they have the design, so it's facing correctly if you're moving towards the front of the ship. So if you're walking down one of the corridors of Disney Cruise Line and you look down at the pattern on the the floor and see that it's upside down, well, you know, you're going to the rear of the ship, the aft of the ship. Yeah, if you if you know that fact, but yeah, that is exactly how they laid out so you can kind of have an idea. And there's also a uh, port and starboard on those the carpet as well, so you know which side of the ship you're on. That Oh, that's true. Yeah. I've forgotten about that. So you can kind of, in case, because you can get turned around very easily on oh, a yeah. ship. It happens to us all the time. <laughs> um, but you, when you look at, if you, if you really, if you get to know the carpet and know which way is pointing to port, which way is pointing to starboard, right. uh, you can find your way through on the ship a little bit more easily. That's right. Good, good, good thing there. Yeah. So... Moving right along. <laughs> right, one more thing about the Disney Cruise that yes. is um, that you uh, is kind of enticing to children is that they the level where the Oceaneer Lab and the Oceaneer Club are those are actually oh, yeah, right. they're not as tall. Uh, the corridors there are not as tall as that's some of the true, other corridors. Right. Most of the other corridors throughout the ship, so the children don't feel as intimidated. Right, it's, it's more at their height. You know, I mean, yes, it's still. Uh, obviously a lot taller than them. Right, um, right. But it's a little less intimidating to not have this massive high ceiling True. around them. That's and, right. I'd know. forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. Very good, honey. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see let, what you did there. <laughs> I know, right? So we're going to go to, you, you know, maybe the use of minimal technology for moving people and crowd management. Um, but first you know, we want to kind of look at the why. And so what the Disney company recognized is there, there had been an emergence of a culture shift towards, you know, more of that the guests want and expect satisfy my needs quickly, you know? And so they, really? <laughs> <I know. laughs> so they realized they really needed to implement prompts that would have, uh, responses quickly and strategies that could really help guide and make the access to entertainment easier and quicker for people. So how did they do that? How did they do that? How did they do that? Well, for example, at um, Magic Kingdom, they developed a command center under Cinderella's castle and they use video cameras, computer programs, um, digital park maps for, uh, allowing them to have early detection of gridlocks. Mm. So, and that, and then they could really then deploy some countermeasures to, to handle it. Countermeasures. Countermeasures. Dive, dive, dive. <laughs> for real time, you know, solutions. So for example, let's say they're monitoring uh, the attractions and, you know, they kind of use like this uh, green, yellow, red status for the wait times. So let's say, for example, in the Pirates of the Caribbean, if 
that status light goes from a green to say a yellow, they can alert a manager to launch more boats. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, another another way too is like if in fantasy land, let's say they notice the crowds are really kind of building, say something, you know, had just ended and people are kind of moving in that direction and it's, it, it's starting to get a little gridlock there. But Tomorrowland might be, you know, pretty open, a lot, lot less people over there. Hey, they can deploy a cavalcade or some roaming characters to draw people from Fantasyland to Tomorrowland, for example, to, you know, to disperse some of that gridlock, some of that crowd, you know. So, you know, pretty, you know, relatively simple technology, but, you know, still pretty effective. Very effective. Yeah, and it's good to know. And I know that they do that with a lot of things as far as, yes, easily that they do uh, deploy cavalcades or whatever it may right. be, uh, more boats. Uh, also, They also do it as simply as just we've talked about many times about how the wait times have a little padding right. in them. Sometimes there's more padding there or less padding depending on where they want you, where they feel you could go. Right. Uh, to kind of disperse people to different attractions. That's I mean, a, right. A, a big part of the padding is because they'd rather you have a shorter time mm-hmm. than listed when you go through there because you're going to feel better about your wait when it says 45 minutes and you only waited 35. You're right. Going, wow, that wasn't as bad as it looked to be than if it was 45 and you had to wait 50. Right. And you're going to like, oh, see, they said 45 is 50. So they give the padding to kind of right. you know, give you that little buffer that- and make you feel a little better about the wait. But there's also... It's also done to try and, you know, drive people to other attractions that maybe aren't getting as many people in their queue. Right. That's an excellent point. Excellent point. So that use of technology doesn't end there. Um, Disney uses big guns of technology, too, as we know. So, um, and I'm going to sound really smart now. You always sound really (laughs) smart. (laughs) Um, So in my research, I found out that they use artificial intelligence to develop predictive models. Mm. I have artificial (laughs) unintelligence over here. Were you pointing to me? No, it's me. (laughs) Actually, it's real unintelligence over here. Nothing artificial about it. So again, um, you know, this topic would be way over my head, although interesting. Um, But I and and I'll I'll share with you why, you know, an example of why it's over my head. So in in my research, uh, everything's over your head. You're like five (laughs) feet tall. That's true. That's true. So this is a a portion of one of their abstracts related to crowd behavior. Um, The focus to date has been on analyzing the properties of low-level features such as pedestrian trajectories or global features such as crowd densities. We propose a new approach based on finding latent path patterns in both real and simulated data in order to analyze and compare them. Unsupervised clustering by non-parametric Bayesian inference is used to learn the patterns, which themselves provide a rich visualization of the crowd's behavior. To this end, we present a new stochastic variational dual hierarchical dialectic process or SV-DHDP model. The fidelity of the pattern is then computed with respect to a reference, thus allowing the outputs of different algorithms to be compared with each other and or with real data accordingly. Wow. 
I understood all of that. I mean, if you didn't, well, I just can't help you. It was pretty easy out there. No, I I didn't understand two words out of that. So obviously, really, really smart people are looking at crowd management. I'm glad they're much smarter than me because it would be a really tough day at Disney if I was trying to design up how people should get around through these parks. Right. But yes, so artificial intelligence. And there's also other really interesting things about artificial intelligence. Uh, And so here we get to the part where if you're a a subscriber to our newsletter, we are going to give you a special link to a site that Disney has that's probably not very well known um, related to their their, uh, technology research and development really cool and, yeah and, and, and what doesn't even need have a five foot person to have go over her head this went well <laughs> over my head i'm not drax i can't just jump up and catch it it really went over both of our heads right but, uh that'll be an interesting website to you know check out yeah and see, yeah uh, what they're doing there and, yeah. you know and and you can um like i said it doesn't have to do with the things that I found some interesting things weren't related to transportation, which is why I'm not discussing it here, but it's, it is there at uh, their website and some of the things that they're planning to use artificial or are are using artificial intelligence in the development phase right now is mind boggling. So, but what we can conclude from this, like I said, there's very smart people working on it, but the company is really deep into research and technology to affect a magical experience for the guest. Yeah. That sounds like great stuff for sure. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Cool. And stuff that, uh, again, well over. (laughs) (laughs) And if it's not over your head, you're a very smart person. So bravo. Yes. So, um, and you know, again, this kind of, we're seeing this with Genie, right? It's using advanced high technology computer algorithms for really help guiding and managing crowds and, you know, assisting them to have quickly, quicker and easier access to the fun. And I think that that is, I know there have been some problems with Genie and people, mm-hmm. you know, but I think it's going to be a, a progressive thing with it. Right. It's going to learn how people think and what they do and it'll adapt eventually. Hopefully, right. so it will be more functional for you when you're in the parks. Exactly. So, you know, kind of in conclusion, you know, we can see from no tech to AI, Disney has various levels of strategies to effectively and uniquely move people for ultimately magical experiences. Yes, and they do Ta-da. it very well. Disney's <laughs> again, I, I feel it's like one of their most underrated skills. If right. it's if it's not the most underrated, it's definitely up there in the in the top several because it's it's you don't even think about it, but they're doing it all the time. Right. And it's really impressive. And sometimes you do think about it, how great the transportation is. I mean the Disney transportation. I mean People don't love the buses, but they're free and they do get you where mm-hmm. you want to go when you're staying on resort property. And, and there are times it's wonderful, like, right, when it's super hot outside yeah. or raining and you get to be inside an air-conditioned bus. Right, oh. exactly. You know, and the monorail, the Skyliner, we love the boats. You know, some people don't love them as much. I love them. All of them, the friendship boats, all the boats that go mm-hmm. in between the resorts. Uh, I really appreciate them all. And, you know, and those are the obvious things, not these other things that Michelle brought up and the things that are way over our head that we're <laughs> glad they have smart people there uh, putting into place. But uh, really important, and uh, Disney does an amazing job of it. Right, you know, and on a, you know, personal interest level, you know, I'm, I've always been very interested in the history of Disney and just to kind of see how, you know, that very important foundation has continued 
to play an important role within the organization. It's, it's pretty cool to see. And, um, it, it, I'll be honest, it was hard editing today's topic because there are a lot of pathways that I wanted to really incorporate. And so it may, you know, I don't know. To me, it felt like I've left out a lot of things because I know what I edited out, but hopefully you found it interesting. I found it tremendously interesting, and uh, I always do. Your research is always the best. <laughs> uh, learn new things. I fail a quiz, and uh, it's, it's always really good. That so, wasn't my goal. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a goal. It's really easy to do with me. No. But, uh, no, it was a great job. Michelle's research, always the best research. Well, thank uh, you. Uh, well, let, let us know what your favorite form of Disney transportation is, you know, or what you, how you enjoy the way that Disney moves people. Right. We'd love to know. Let us know. Uh, send it to us on social media, share uh, our Gmail account, whatever, and we will share it on an upcoming show. Exactly. And that is Moving People, Disney's Most Underrated Skill. All right, great job again, Michelle. Oh, thank you you always do such a interesting work and find so many intriguing facts when some of these research pieces you do. I, I, I think I, I know I've heard from the listeners out there, and I know you love them. I hope you do love yeah. them as much as I do because I find her stuff fascinating, and I appreciate all the work she does to to put these together for us. Thank you, I appreciate that. I also very appreciate much. it because it's less work that I have to do. <laughs> I can concentrate on failing quizzes. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> uh, let's get to the work I did. Let's get to the Disney stories <laughs> of the week. Actually, the work I did was mostly copying and pasting, but still these are stories <laughs> of the week that I think will be of interest to you. And I'm going to start with the Walt Disney Company welcomes some new leadership at the top. Mm-hmm. This from a website Michelle loves, CNBC.com. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they say that Susan Arnold is taking over as Disney's chairman of the board, the company announced on Wednesday. Yay. So she'll be replacing uh, Bob Iger when he uh, resigns ofi- officially effective on December 31st. Right, and I'm not yang Bob Iger leaving. I'm just glad right. she's taking the lead. Yes. Uh, it, you know, it's good that we have somebody new at the top mm-hmm. and somebody with a different point of view and yeah, love Bob Iger and all mm-hmm. he's done for the company, but we knew he was going anyway. He's right. already stepped down as CEO and now he will also be stepping down as chairman of the board. He's been there since 2012. So, you know, it's been quite a while, right. uh, you know, when we get to the end of the year, it'll be 10 years. So yeah, that's pretty impressive. And I mean, it's, it was planned. It was so, planned. Yeah, this is so. in sudden. It's not like right. they're firing him or yeah. anything. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes with this. Bob Chapek is still, I noticed some of your chagrin, is still the <laughs> official CEO right now. This is the chairman of the board, uh, which actually in some ways, in many ways, Bob Chapek uh, answers to. Right. So uh, just know that going in. So as far as Susan Arnold, uh, she's been on Disney's board for 14 years and has served as the independent lead director since 2018. She was an operating executive at the Carlisle Group until this year. She served as president of the Global Business Units of Procter & Gamble from 2007 to 2009 and was also a member of the board at McDonald's from 2008 to 2016. Bob Iger had this to say in a statement. He said, quote, Having most recently served as independent lead director, Susan is the perfect choice for chairman of the board, and I am confident the company is well positioned for continued success under her guidance 
and leadership, end quote. So yeah. Bob Iger likes it. Yeah. Uh, it seems like obviously the board agrees with it. And uh, we'll, it'd be good to see what happens with this going forward. That's right. So congratulations yes. to her on that new role within the Disney company. Now, moving on to the parks, a couple of guest favorite festivals are returning to the Disneyland Yay. Resort. We are very excited to uh-huh. hear about this. Uh, this from the Disney Parks blog. They said, on Thursday, we are delighted to share that two fan favorite limited time festivals will be back next year at Disney California Adventure Park. Mm -hmm. The Lunar New Year celebration will take place from January 21st through February 13th of 2022. And Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival will run from March 4th through April 26th, 2022. So mark your calendars. Yes, yes. it's well worth it. Yes. Lots uh, of fun. Both Lots. of those events are fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, really exciting. So here are some of the highlights that are uh, what you can expect from these festivals, starting with the Lunar New Year celebration at Disney California Adventure Park. They say it's a joyous celebration that commemorates traditions of Chinese, Korean, and Vietnamese cultures. The festival is filled with multicultural performances, special activities, culinary delights, beautiful decor, celebratory merchandise, and more, of course, is always merchandise. In 2022, they say we will be celebrating the Year of the Tiger at the Lunar New Year Festival. I didn't know what the year was, but yeah, the Year of the Tiger again this year. So interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't. I actually thought it was a different animal. So since it is the Year of the Tiger, new this year, Tigger will join in on the fun. (laughs) I love that. Yes. Along with the with beloved Disney characters such as Mulan and Mushu, Mickey and Minnie, of course, mm-hmm. the three little pigs and more, all donning their festive attire. Nice. Yeah. Adding to the excitement of Lunar New Year, Raya from Walt Disney Animation Studios film Raya and the Last Dragon mm-hmm. will be appearing for the very first time at Disneyland Resort during the celebration. You'll be able to see Raya in a setting inspired by her native Kumandra, recreated in the Redwood Creek Challenge nice. Trail. So that's kind of a cool yeah, space that, and interesting. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to make, uh, you know, because it was, what was it, tail, uh, spine, talon, um, fang. Yep. And heart were the right. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, those were the wow, five. Very impressive, plans. honey. Um, I love. How Ryan did you the not pass that tribute? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I know stupid <laughs> things that mean nothing. Not the really interesting stuff. Uh, so that'll be interesting if those are all put within the Redwood Creek right. area. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to checking that out when that comes. Yeah. Also, the captivating Mulan's Lunar New Year procession will return. This bright and bold performance, hosted by Mulan and her faithful dragon Mushu, will feature dozens of spirited parade performers as they honor family, friendship, and the potential for a fortune-filled new year. Live musical entertainment will also be enjoyed at the Paradise Garden Bandstand. The Sip and Savor Pass will be back for extra enjoyment as you taste your way through the four Lunar New Year marketplaces, all featuring delicious Asian cuisine. Additionally, there will be special Lunar New Year-inspired food and beverage offerings at select dining locations throughout the park. And other cherished Lunar New Year traditions, including the Lucky Wishing Well and craft activities, will also be enjoyed at this year's celebration. So happy it's coming back. We've enjoyed it in the past. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just visually beautiful Mm -hmm. what they you know i mean the the experiences the food is great too i mean but i think that people would expect but it's just you know like i said visually taken to a new level yeah and so many ways to kind of indoctrinate yourself Mm -hmm. into some other cultures and know a little bit more about them and 
and you know sample some great food right. and enjoy some wonderful entertainment and a lot of characters and the situations that we we've grown to know and love over the years right so, exactly so cool so. so excited for that one also excited for the disney california adventure food and wine festival uh and in 2022 family and friends will come together to get a taste of what they've been missing at this festival hmm. you'll be able to explore california regions and neighborhoods in a number of ways from the delicious fair to the vibrant entertainment fun festival merchandise. Again, there's always merchandise <laughs> and more. Uh, during the festival, you'll get to taste your way through a dozen a dozen festival marketplaces that offer an assortment of mouthwatering bites and beverages for every palate. There will also be the option to purchase a sip and savor pass again mm. to enjoy the unique uh, marketplace offerings. Uh, complimentary culinary demonstrations with local celebrity and Disney chefs will return uh, for the whole family to enjoy on Saturdays and Sundays during the festival. You want to sign up for those early, especially mm -hmm. if there's a celebrity chef right. or whatever, because those will fill up quickly. So, and they do have a, usually there is a charge with that just right. going in, but right. uh, they, we don't have the details on that yet. But when they come out and you get the chance, if there's something you really love, you want to sign up for that as early as possible. Exactly. And for those looking to enhance their festival experience, special signature events will also be available to book and purchase, including the Carthay Circle winemaker receptions and wine, beer, and mixology education and tasting seminars. One of those wine tasting seminars is when we got to speak to Kurt Russell right. and his Gogi Winery, yes. which was uh, a surprise announcement. We did not know he was going to be there. Right. We had some thoughts that maybe he might be. We knew we loved there his wine. Um, but when he actually made his appearance there, that was really, yeah, really very fun. cool. Yeah. yeah. And there's been other times that we've gone and they didn't have, you know, maybe a celebrity, but definitely, um, somebody who brings a lot of knowledge to, sure. to the, the wines that you get to, to experience. Yeah. Taste. Usually you get one of the winemakers there, so they will right. know more about it than anything else, you know? And so they give you a peek into how the wine is made, what to look for from the wine. And, and I'm just talking about wine. Obviously yeah. there's mixology, there's beer tasting. Right. Uh, the people that bring there bring a lot of knowledge and they are usually very interesting and entertaining people as well. Right. I mean, and considering wine is, you know, a, a major industry in the state of California. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, fits the theming as, pretty perfectly. As is beer, craft beer, huge in California. Mm -hmm. There's many other places around the country that are big too, but uh, especially in Southern California, right. uh, we have craft beer has become a huge thing. So uh, entertainment will fill the festival stages with live musical performances at the Palisade stage and the Paradise Gardens bandstand and visits with Chef Goofy and friends and craft mm -hmm. activities as well. So looking forward to that very much. Right. I remember going to one time Chef Goofy preparing something the show is just adorable. Yeah, it is cute. So yeah. I'm looking forward to when that kicks off here in just a few months time. So I'm they don't have complete details yet, but I'm sure we'll get more in the months right. to come very soon. So now moving on, speaking of another guest favorite returning to the happiest place on earth, we received some potentially great news about a classic attraction. And again, Phew. this could have been my favorite right. thing from this week. <laughs> Uh, this from the Orange County Register website, ocregister.com. They say it took a small village of more than 20 Disneyland departments to repair and reopen. Yay. It's a small world in time for Christmas after a flood threatened to shutter the classic boat ride for the entire holiday season. <laughs> we were hearing recently, just and I kind of brought it up on last week's episode, right. that it may not be open for 
several months right. because of this flood that happened. Uh, you know, and it happened right before they were getting set to open it for the uh, it's small world holiday. Right. You know, which people look forward to every year. Um, so this is really really great news. Uh, they went on to say it's a small world is expected to reopen next week. So this week actually coming mm-hmm. coming up here. Uh, According to Disneyland officials, Disneyland began testing small world boats along the water canals of the attraction on Thursday, December 2nd. So they're testing, getting it ready to go. Such great news that it may be reopening soon. Right, right. And uh, interesting just to, to hear all the... The, like they said, the village, uh, you know, all the elements of, of departments and, and entities that came together to kind of save this classic, right. classic attraction. Yeah. So here's what happened. If you don't know this story, uh, the flood that happened in the early morning hours on November 10th, just before it's a small world holiday, was set to make its 2021 Christmas debut at the uh, theme park. Uh, they said the brains of the attraction were damaged when the eight foot deep maintenance room under the small world, uh, under small world, load and unload station filled with water submerging the electrical equipment you can imagine what Mm -hmm. that did to it and ride controls that operate the water pumps and load station conveyor belts so i mean you can't get that going you can't get people in and on the attraction i mean what are you going to do so uh they said after assessing the damage crews figured out what could be salvaged and what needed to be replaced then the race was on to find replacement parts and get them delivered quickly uh, amid supply chain issues, we right. all know about. Uh, so that exacerbated this whole situation. So it was a worldwide effort. They went to the small worlds from the parks around the world, yeah. stretching from France to Florida, China, Japan, uh, to get it up and running again. Everybody chipped in, and we're thank you to all those parks for getting right. that up and running so uh, we can enjoy this wonderful, wonderful attraction. I mean, yes, of course, for the holiday season, but it could have been closed for months going forward right. and uh, that it's up and running again very soon, possibly as early as this week is just wonderful, wonderful news. Yeah, yeah. What a relief to hear that great news. But it's just heartwarming how, you know, obviously it's it's a company trying to, you know, make sure something is available but the fact that it is such a beloved uh experience for young and old right. to see that at the holidays it's fantastic yeah and it's the original it's the one that was at the 64 world's fair right. you know and it's you know and they could have just you know worked on it and just lit the backdrop and that's still beautiful we saw right. it on the disney holiday special that was the other on the other night mm-hmm. and it looked beautiful as always but you know there's something also about having that attraction and um and you know you don't get that if you've been to Walt Disney World but you know it's so wonderful because they mix in the Christmas carols with the yes. it's a small world and it's just so fun and vibrant and beautiful and it, it does make such a great part of the holiday season for oh, us yeah. up here on it's the West Coast. So special. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So great news. Very happy for that. Uh, looking forward to trying that out here, hopefully in a few weeks. Right. Uh, we have uh, actually we have a weekend schedule where it's the last weekend of the holidays mm-hmm. there. And, you know, even though it'll be technically past the holidays, looking forward to getting oh, a little yeah. taste of it dur- right. during those days. Since we can't get out there right now, we're doing another thing for the holidays, Disney related, yeah. coming up here in a few weeks. Right. Well, plus it's, it, you know, the park reservations were pretty 
popular this time of year. Yeah. So getting oh, yeah. getting reservation was well for magic key holders. It's it can be tough, you know, because yes. I mean, they 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 save a lot of it right now with a lot of these plots, a lot of the reservations for people who purchase tickets. Right. Um, so they have that availability. Then what they do is they see that if the tickets aren't selling, if they if they're not get, using up the reservations for those, then they will uh, regularly dump more out there mm-hmm. for magic key holders. So and you know a lot of us we are magic key our our personal magic key is not through much of the holidays coming up here. Uh, we are blocked out. Right. You know so there's just times we can't go as well. Not only is there not reservations available, we just can't go. Sure. But uh, yeah, if you are a magic key holder and you look on there and you see that there's no reservations available during dates that you are available to go keep checking back right you know look at the tickets see what reservations are available for people who purchase tickets that'll tell you if there's a possibility that they might be dumped on you right. later but you got to be pay attention because right. as soon as they get dumped they start getting snatched sure. up by all those key holders exactly. that don't have a reservation yet so be prepared for that finally Let's move to the final story of the week, and that is you can stop the outcry at Walt Disney World because <laughs> something people have been begging for is set to return very soon. This is really quickly from Disney Park social media accounts. Driver, you are clear to spread a little holiday cheer because, yes, the parking trams will be returning to Magic Kingdom Park later this month and other Walt Disney World theme parks throughout 2022. So those of you... Who have been peppering the social media <laughs> timelines with when are they getting the trams back? Good news, the trams are coming yeah. back. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious how you presented it. But yeah, it's great news. I'm happy. Yes, of course. You know, I, it's good to know that. You know, part of the reason why the trams haven't been running is because they just haven't had the staffing right. for it. I mean, it's if you're ever looking to get a job at Walt Disney World or Disneyland. There are jobs available yeah. for you there right now. Um, they, they've been struggling to get staffing, as many businesses have across the country. Right. Um, and they've been struggling as well. And, you know, when they were looking at places to put people in, maybe the trams were secondary, third, fourth. Right. You know, they were down there. But, you know, the fact that it seems like they're ready to get them up and running again means it looks like maybe some of the staffing issues they're coming around a little bit better. The better the staffing, the more entertainment we're going to get the more dining choices we're going to have. And yes, things like the trams are coming back. So it's another way of moving people, by the way. And that does very well. And people will obviously be very happy that they're coming back. Yes, that's true. That's true. I should have probably highlighted it because of the time (laughs) that it was announced. So uh, no word on Disneyland yet, but I expect that Disneyland won't won't be too far behind when they get their trams going Mm -hmm. as well. So. We will keep you attuned to that when we find out more about that. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle. One, because she's wonderful, gorgeous, (laughs) hardworking. She definitely does the best research, as you heard today. She has the best list, but we know absolutely she has the very best tip. So let's get to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. Um, Well, thank you. My tip, you know, it's it's somewhat part of what we talked about today and part of what I've shared as a tip in the past. Um, but it, it, you know, it talks about, you know, we talked about moving along, but we, we also talked about being mindful and noticing things that do draw your attention and to realize that so many details were 
purposefully added throughout the park. And, you know, the more that you can take the time to appreciate those, the better storytelling you'll experience, the better magic you can, you can find, and just more appreciation for, for the whole park, etc. So um, it's kind of goes with the look up, or however you want to look, look at it or look for the weenies. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, realize that there are some very wonderful details available to you to experience um, throughout your visit to a Walt Disney Park or cruise line. Maybe maybe you look for the weenies should be our next logo. <laughs> no. no, 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 I guess maybe not. Maybe that wouldn't work. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a good point. Michelle, you know, you always have the best tips. No. But yeah, definitely look, take the time because they, they put things in interesting places for a reason. You know, sometimes it's just to celebrate somebody and sometimes right. it is because they want you to notice it in mm-hmm. a certain way for certain reasons. And it's, it's always a fun, especially when you've been to the parks multiple times and you're just looking for new things to experience doing things like that um you know can add something to a a park that you've been to multiple times and something you may you may discover things you've never seen before right right like i said it's part of the storytelling yep for sure so michelle's tips always the best tips as a matter of fact i think i'm stealing one of michelle's tips this week from the past (laughs) but i think it's something that's good to bring up once again every once in a while and we're thinking about this because we are going to be making some requests for our disney cruise it's coming up soon but um i'm going to more talk about resort stays at the walt disney world resort or the disneyland resort for that matter and that is If you want to make some sort of room request for your stay while you're there, Mm -hmm. um, there are reasons why you might want to do that. Yeah, you can just go in willy-nilly and and see what room they give you, and they'll probably give you a nice room. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if there is a reason like you're looking for a specific room, maybe there's been some rooms or area of the the resort that you've stayed in before that you really loved, Mm -hmm. um, you might want to request those and see if they're available for you. There's no guarantee on any of these, but it's worth it to take a shot at it. If you like maybe a room on a higher floor or a lower floor, whatever you want right you can ask for that nearer to the transportation away from the elevator the <laughs> ice machine or maybe close to the elevator yeah, um, <laughs> that's a, you can you can uh, all ask for many of those things or you know it's all what you kind of want from your stay while you're there mm-hmm. now if you're staying on property as a standard guest you know paying by cash credit card etc right. um, here's how you're going to go about doing it you're going to want to call the Disney Resort Hotel Reservations line mm-hmm. so that number is 407-939-4357 again 407-939-4357 and they'll make a note on your reservation of your request again there's no guarantees that but they'll if you know a lot of times if they see a note they'll try their best to put you in the situation that you're looking for. Now, if you're a Disney Vacation Club member and you've booked your room through your membership using your points, you'll want to call member services instead uh, to make a request. Those numbers are either you can either call 407-566-3100, again, 407-566-3100, or 800-500-3990. So you can do those ways and that's how you can make your request uh, for these rooms. Now, what I will tell you is that right now, especially again, we talked about not having enough personnel. Well, there are a lot of wait times mm-hmm. on the phone uh, for to try and get through to these. And it may be something that is a very simple request. Well, another way you can do this is have a travel agent book your resort right. stay 
and then they can do it for you. Yeah. You do have to do it. You don't pay them anything extra for this. And you don't pay them anything, as a matter of fact, more than what the price of your resort stay, whether you booked it yourself or whether they booked mm-hmm. it. They get paid by Disney and they can do this work and wait on hold for you. <laughs> right, right. No, very good. Very good tip, baby. Yeah. So again, I think this is one of Michelle's tips I've taken Maybe. from the past. <laughs> but I thought it'd be good to bring up once again. Sure. Yeah. So. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, next week, well, we're working on it. <laughs> I don't know exactly what next week's topic really is. I thought I had put we something. have something in mind, but I can't lock it in yet for oh, sure because okay. a couple things have to happen to make that sure that this works. Oh, okay. But we'll have something fun for you one way or the other as right, we try right. to do every single week. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought we've had I just, things filled in, but I, I, I know what you're saying. I don't know if we can be sure of it yet, but okay. I'm going to do make every effort to make that topic be a possibility. If it's not this week, it'll be coming up soon. So. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. So the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... We'd love for you to participate by joining our newsletter yep. group. Please sign in for the newsletter. And it's just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast mm-hmm. world. Another great way is to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some positive Disney energy in our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. We're having lots of fun with a lot mm-hmm. of you there. Yeah, it continues to grow. It's amazing. A lot of fun people. Every day I look at it and there's at least a couple more people that yeah. seem to have joined and it so, really excites me every single time. Right. So thank you to anybody who's uh, come along for the ride and is having fun yeah. on that group. Uh, also, we are on YouTube. Please check us out there. Just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe. You'll know whenever we put up a video there. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. Right. We love hearing from you. And we also really appreciate feedback. Uh, five-star reviews are always welcome and really appreciated. And also telling a friend or family member about our podcast. Yeah, it's the easiest way to do it. If you do give us a five-star review, uh, we will share it on an upcoming show as we have done in the past. Exactly. Yes. So that's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.